Okay. Praise the Lord. Let's start here in uh, Psalm 46 and uh, look at this. I mean, it, it, you know, the things of God, I mean, we, we, we get lulled to sleep sometimes if, we, if we're not looking at God's Word. Remember, God's Word is a weapon. And it's not to beat us up, you know, praise the Lord. It's, it's, uh, went away, did it? Thank you, Dustin. Oh, it's to help us. So look at this. I mean, it's right out of the bat. It has nothing to do with, hey, clean your life up. Do I have to come down there like some church signs say, you know, like, well, Jesus is coming back. It's not because things are a mess down here. He's coming back to wrap everything up. It's not because he's so mad at us. So look at Psalm 46. God is a refuge and strength. Now, let's don't pass these words. Refuge means what? I mean, when I'm deer hunting, you know, and, then, and there's a refuge sign, oh, I can't go over there, you know. It's a refuge, Wheeler Refuge. I remember hunting on the arsenal out here, and you can't hunt Wheeler Refuge unless they say when you're signing in, they go, refuge is open. Now we're, I'm coming, you know. But a refuge is just that. We make up things like, I mean, because if we just let things happen in life, say, well, it's just God's will that my car got tore up. It's God's will that I don't have any money. And it's God's will. No, it's not. He is a refuge. Look at this. And strength. Now, I'll tell you what. I've noticed as I've gotten older, sometimes you can wake up and all of a sudden your strength is like, whoa. And if you think God's word, when he talks about strength, is just some sort of spiritual strength, you're missing it. You're missing it. Because he will help you physically. Your body will begin to, uh, you know, no matter what, sometimes maybe things you eat or whatever, and you can just all of a sudden feel like you're a diabetic or whatever. Let me tell you something. God is your strength. He will help your body. But we think it takes months and months and months. Hold it. He says God is a very, a refuge and strength, a pre, excuse me, a tested help. Look at this. In times of trouble, when you feel weak in your natural body, you should recognize that, praise God, I am going to use the strength of the Lord. Now, before we go any further, let's just look at this just a moment. Let's go over here to uh, <clears throat> uh, Isaiah. I know you've heard this uh, uh, several times, but let's look at this just a moment. I think I passed it. Here we go. Isaiah, and it's going to be chapter 41. And look at this. Don't let it... 40, actually, not 41. And uh, don't let this lull you... Oh, in other words, you're like, well, I've heard it a million times, whatever, and whatever. Here we go. Look at this. Uh, take it from verse 29. Uh, he gives power, look at this, to the tired and worn out. Oh, that's spiritual, that's preachers and whatever. No, it's not. Isaiah was written to everybody. Isaiah was, was walking around in the streets, and I don't know if you know it or not, but one time Isaiah, because Israel was worshiping other gods, and God told Isaiah to do something very strange. He went the pornography route. Yeah! Isaiah stripped down to nothing, walked out in the open, had no clothes on, and he said, Israel, if you guys don't turn back to the Lord... Other nations are coming in. They're going to capture you. They're going to take all your clothes off and march you off to Assyria. And that's what they did. That's what they did. Didn't have no clothes on. That's what they do to slaves. Strip them down, just walk them off. You've seen some of that with the Nazis and stuff. The TV shows, they got some clothes on, whatever. <clears throat> but that's what he was doing. So this message was to everybody. Now don't be thinking, you know, oh my gosh, you know, the, the, he, the problem with Isaiah was they were going after other gods. Now, actually, you know, you and I, if we're not taking advantage of the Lord, it's like we don't, we don't even know there is a God. But watch this. 
He gives power to the tired and worn out. Oh, we need to insert only those who are, you know, super spiritual. No. Look what the options are. If it's broke, you already have a guarantee to get a new one. That's what he's saying. And the key is, where is it at? He. And this is, this is what you want to get. I was listening to an Andre Crouch song just a moment ago before, before we started. I just got so excited. He, he says, ain't nobody... No, he says, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Now, he's a black singer or whatever, but I, I, I get it. It's can't nobody do me like Jesus. And then the second verse was, he healed my body and told me to run on. How many times have you heard that before? Well, run on now, run on. He healed my body and told me to run on. That's what God wants to do for you. Because, see, you're going to know when you get healed and when you know the Lord takes care of things, you're going to realize it was he. And he'll do it again. So he gives power to the tired and worn out and strength to the weak. Even the youth. Well, there you go, Dustin. There you go, Aaron. There you go, Josh. All you young people, you know what? I got lots of strength. You know? Well, sometimes, all of a sudden, whoa. I know Dustin's told me about this before. And he'll tell you that he'll sit there and say, in the name of Jesus. And then, boom, the power's back on. He can somehow still do it. And you will, too. You don't wait months and months and months. You go right to the heat. Say, Lord, something's wrong with the pump here. Something's wrong with the arm. Help in Jesus' name. And he will. And strength to the, even the youth shall be exhausted, and the young men will all give up. But they that, look at this, wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, waiting doesn't mean, well, I guess I'll just sit around. No, it's trusting the Lord is what that is. Trusting Him. Praise the Lord. Oh, oh, forgot the rest of it. Look at this. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Well, that means you're going to soar over whatever your problem is, okay? They shall, look at this, run and, what does it say? I know you can read this, but you recognize it now. Run and not get weary. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, wait a minute, use your faith. It is nice. They shall walk and not faint. Praise God. Okay, so let's go back to very present help in time of trouble here. All right, we'll pass it. 46, where'd it go? 46, one more. All right, so he is a refuge, a tested help in times of trouble. And we need not fear even if the world blows up and the mountains crumble into the sea. Well, that's just way too huge of an issue, but guess what? So anything less than that or whatever, I even think it's greater. No, doesn't make any difference. I don't care where your problem is or what's, what's going on, God's a very present help in time of trouble. Now, remember, I'm not doing you praying for you. I'm not. I'm not, I can't be, you've got to waste time. Are you going to trust T-Mobile to get the call through? Guess what happens if you can't get a hold of me? You'll blame, you'll, you'll blame God still. You'll say, well, it must be God's will. You have the potential, uh, the ability to pray yourself. We don't have to go through channels. Pray for me. Pray for me. You really don't find that in the scriptures. What you find in the scriptures is they pray. They pray. Anyway, he says, man, let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble. There is a river. Now, we need to get this. I named a daughter after this. Look at this. There is a river of joy. You know, people tell me, well, Joy, she's so happy. You named her right. Well, let's get the word, okay? That's true, okay? But this is not a fantasy. All this, shall we say, all heck is breaking loose. Whatever. There is a river of joy. Oh yeah, some got it and some don't. Well, it's yours for the taking. Look at this. 
flowing through the city of our God, the sacred home of the God above all gods, God Himself living in that city. Therefore, it stands unmoved despite the turmoil everywhere. Yeah, well, God's okay, but I'm not. No, you missed it. He said, He is our refuge. So we must be in this place where there is a river. I don't care what's going on. Your situation has to turn around. You just need to stand there and go, this ain't going to work. It's like the children of Israel when they got all the way to that Red Sea. Oh, no, they started to panic. Well, Moses didn't. And God told him what to do. Don't worry about that. That thing's going to split. Raise your rod over that thing. And buddy, I mean, that thing split. And they just kept cruising. God himself living in that city, therefore it stands unmoved. Now remember, if God's unmoved, you're right in the middle of that because he is our refuge. He didn't say he can be. He is. And remember, this is in your Bible, so it's yours. Every time you read it, it's yours. Well, watch this. God himself is living in that city. Oh, we read that. Look at that verse, this right here. He will not delay his help. Now there's where you need to go, praise God. Instead of thinking, well... You know, i got to have some help in the next few seconds. You should be looking. The help is right there. Look around. Well, I know God's here somewhere because he don't want me to get eaten by these lions. He didn't want... Start looking. What is that? That's simply called faith. And that turns everything on. You use faith in your everyday life. You know, if you, if you don't want to have any friends, don't use any faith where your friends are concerned. But you use faith all the time. When you call... Well, you expect they're going to answer? Well, yeah. I mean, I know they might be busy or something, but you call them because you know eventually they're going to pick up the phone. Your friends are going to be there. Well, this is the same thing. The nations rant and rave in anger. But when God speaks, the earth melts in submission, uh, in submission and the kingdoms totter into ruin. The commander of the armies of heaven, look at this, is here among us. He, the God of Jacob, has come to do what? Rescue us. Well, he's talking about going to heaven. I don't think so. None of this was about heaven. Let's see if there's any more to that. Yes, a few more. Uh-oh. Uh, let's see. Come see the glorious things that our God does. Well, I thought it was our God did. He, no, he does. He does. Now, notice it said our. He didn't say the preacher's God. It's our God. That's the reason I always ask him, tell me what happened this week. I want to hear about it. Now, of course, other things are going. You're, 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 you're starting to remember some things already. But, uh, but this happens. We trust the Lord. Praise God. Come see the glorious things our God does. How he brings ruin upon the earth. He's not talking about us. And causes wars to end throughout the earth, breaking and burning every weapon. Stand silent. Know that I'm God. I will be honored uh, by every nation in the world. The commander of the armies of heaven, says it again, is here among us. What's he going to do? To beat us up? No. The God of Jacob has come to rescue us. Wonder why sometimes they keep saying the God of Jacob. Well, if you think this through, you'll go, who's Jacob? And you go back and go read about Jacob. And you'll go, oh my goodness. He's the one that saw the ladder come down from heaven, woke up, it was a dream. Oh, this is God's house. And that's where he put a bunch of rocks together and called the place Bethel, meaning the house of God. You know, we got cities in Alabama called Bethel. And then he had told God right there when he woke up, he said, look, if you'll protect me when I go over here to my uncle's house to get a wife, and bring me back safely to my dad, which is Isaac. Then you can be my God, and I'll give you 10% of everything I make. And God says, deal. 
And when you read about what happened to Jacob, so Jacob goes over here and he is shocked. And this is so great. And you women need to get a hold of this and read this for yourself. The book of Genesis. God doesn't say, well, beauty is beneath the skin. I'm going to tell you something. Rachel, his wife, was a knockout. Such a knockout that when she was given to Jacob that night to spend the night, guess what happened when he woke up in the morning? You remember the story? Yeah, you're Leah. It was the sister. Shocked him. And he's like, Uncle, what did you do to me? And he goes, well, you know, I got to give the I got to give the older daughter first, you know, whatever. But fortunately, well, the Lord blessed him. He was able to get Rachel, you know, right then too. But he had to work for seven more years. He had to work seven years to get what he thought was Rachel. Now he's got to work 14 years. But the point is, is that God uh, shows what life's all about. And also showed us that Jacob was like, I do not want the ugly one. I want the pretty one. (laughs) You know, nothing wrong with that. And then God blessed him. Continually, and was show all his all his animals were multiplying. It was amazing. It wasn't like, well, he's barely got by, and he and he died a poor man. No, why didn't it say the God of Abraham? It says the God of Jacob. Something was going on here. This Mister Jacob guy had twelve sons. Remember this? That's all the tribes of Israel. Okay. Jacob also had his name changed to Israel. But think about this. Jacob, one of his sons, um, he favored him real well and had what's called the coat of many colors. Remember that? He made it for him. Well, the other brothers got jealous. Remember that? And they acted like one day that, oh, so sorry. Your son Joseph, he, he died. What do you think that would do to Jacob? Well, it ripped his heart out, didn't he? But wait a minute. You and I know because we read the book that Joseph was still alive. What's that doing to Jacob? Well, anyway, years had gone by. Jacob, no, excuse me, Joseph went down into Egypt. Remember that? He became vice Pharaoh. Now he's second in command and his brothers show up. And ultimately, Jacob finds out because what we're looking at, the God of Jacob, Jacob didn't lose that son. He was reunited with him. Can you imagine what that would do for you? Now, who could Jacob blame for all that? God. In other words, God got him back. Who he thought was dead wasn't dead. I'll tell you, our Bible is just so full of hope for all of us today. No wonder he says, the God of Jacob. If we'll do what Jacob did, we got it. You know, Jacob never went to church. There was no church. Did he keep the Sabbath? There was no such thing as the Sabbath in the book of Genesis. That didn't happen till after Moses got the law at Mount Sinai. We put ourselves under so many rules. It's pathetic. <clears throat> Make all this very simple. You can't miss, oh, excuse me, the, um, oh, the book of Psalms in your Bible. Let me go one more place and we're going to park right here for just a moment. <clears throat> Psalm 118. Oh, brother. This guy must be some sort of preacher and just happy, whatever. And he's, he's paid to be happy. Oh, really? This is David. Remember who David was. He is a king. He's not a little harp player. He's king 
over an entire nation. We already have Moses. Moses was saying, I can't do this. Oh my gosh, I can't do this. David's son Solomon, when he was fixing to be king, he goes, I don't need the money. I don't need anything. I need wisdom. I got to keep track of this whole nation. And God gave him the wisdom. Solomon was known as the wisest man in all history, even today. He's still known as the wisest person. Also wound up being the richest. God gave it all to him. So this is the dad of Solomon, David. Oh, thank the Lord for he is so good. Now, what's he so good about? His loving kindness is forever. Okay, obviously God loves, apparently he's talking to him. Let the congregation of Israel praise him with these same words. His loving kindness is forever. Let the priest of Aaron chant. His loving kindness is forever. Let the Gentile converts chant. His loving kindness is forever. See, that got us right here because we're not Jews. We're supposed to say, His loving kindness is forever. What's that mean? Here's the loving kindness. Here it goes from, the, from, the, from, the, from these verses from five forward. Let's see. Let's just see if this teaches us to be better people. Listen again, you're going to be a better person. God's going to help you be a better person. But when you're hurting and you've got issues and problems and stuff, this is what you need. I'm telling you, if you're sick at your stomach sometimes and you ain't been living right, you know, you want God to help you. But also, I guarantee you, you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to do better too. Well, don't worry about it. God will get you over your stomach problem and we'll all get better. But that's not the issues here. Watch this. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord. And he answered me and rescued me. I don't care what you're going through. There's your answer right there. He is for me. How can I be afraid? What can mere man do to me? The Lord is on my side. He'll help me. Let those who hate me beware. Notice he says right here, the Lord's on my side. He will help me. I want to show you something here. I saw this uh, this, this week. Uh, let's go to 38. And in, uh, let's see, 30. No, excuse me, 30, 30, 35. Yeah. Look at this. Look what David says. Oh, Lord, those fighting, no, fight those fighting me. Declare war on them. Their attacks on me. Look at this. Put on your armor. Take your shield. Protect me by standing in front. <laughs> you need to know that David didn't think is a problem saying, God, get out front. I'm going to get behind you. And this psalm goes on and on about terrible things that these people, it was, it was basically it was just the threat of being assassinated. <clears throat> Excuse me. Back to 118. You know, you know God's going to keep, I mean, what's out there to get you? All right, here we go. In my distress, I pray to the Lord. What can men do to me? Verse 8, it's better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in men. Well, yeah, that's if God's ever going to help you. We've already isolated that one. He is a very present help in time of trouble. He can be trusted. He will rescue you. It's better to take refuge in him than in the mightiest king. Boy, I'll scratch your head and make you think. Well, especially in today's society, we hear so much about, you know, Jesus is just, he's just, he's just, one, it's just, it's just one of our great religions. You hear that? Christianity is just a great religion. There's other great religions. Let me tell you, there's only one way. There's only one God. I don't care what they all say. There's only one. There's only one. Though all nations of the world attack me, I will march behind His banner and destroy them. <laughs> Man, who hits your head, David? If all nations come up against you, you're toast. Oh, really? Oh, really? That's not the way Jesus did it. When Jesus died on the cross, it so disrupted the whole world that I mean our calendars are dated after something that happened right then. Jesus was really here. 
Something happened. Yeah. There's not but one God. And look, he's on your side. He said, remember, it's better to take refuge than him. He said, I don't care if every nation in the world is coming after me. I'm going to destroy it. Yes, they'll surround and attack me. But with his flag flying above me, I will cut them off. They swarm around me like bees. They blaze against me uh, like roaring flame. Yet beneath his flag, I shall destroy them. Look at verse 13. You did your best to kill me, O my enemy, but the Lord helped me. That's just that door. Wind blowing. Boom, what's that? Uh, Look at this. Yeah. Verse 14. He is my strength and song in the heat of battle. And now has given me the victory. Songs of joy at the news of our rescue are sung in the homes of the godly. Well, if you start singing about Jesus, that'll depress you. Boy, we, we've missed it somehow. That's the reason you've got to keep reading your Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're like videos. You get to see Jesus. What did he do? See if he lost his cool with people. Let me tell you who he lost his cool with. It was religious people that were saying, this doesn't work. And we're also saying... Jesus didn't heal anybody, and Jesus doesn't love you, and Jesus is only healing people because he's working for the devil. You know. Nah. Jesus got mad at that. But everywhere you look, when you see Jesus, the multitudes are coming, people are coming with their problems, and they must be getting fixed. They are. Songs of joy at the news of our rescue are sung in the homes of the ungodly. Excuse me, of the godly. The strong arm of the Lord has done glorious things. Look at verse 17. I shall not die, but live to tell all his deeds. What was going on here? Well, I don't know. Maybe he had a report that you're going to die, buddy. Maybe it was because these armies were coming and you're toast. Maybe that's the reason David said, I don't care if all the other nations are coming. They're surrounding me. We have stories about that. And these are true. King Sennacherib surrounded. It's the Assyrian king. It's even written in the Syrian history books. If you listen to late night TV and comedy hour, they'll, they'll, they'll say, tell you everybody that wrote that Bible was on drugs. Oh, really? Well, why do they have names and faces and all these other I mean, they got all the dates and stuff. That's uncanny that they could be on dope and do that. The book of Acts will shock you. There was a guy on the boat in the book of Acts. His name was Julius. He was in charge of the prisoners. Why give us the name of Julius? He was a commander in Caesar's army, in the, book, in the, in, in the Roman army. And they were responsible for like 276 people on that ship. And they went from this place, they named it, to this place, they named it, this place, they named it, all the way to Rome. All these historical records. But let me tell you who's behind it. It's an angel. His name is Lucifer, also known as Satan. And he wants you to think that that book is a bunch of lies. It ain't a bunch of lies. It works. It works. It works. It's true. People that have gone out, this is, so, this is how it works. People that have gone out to try to prove that book is a lie or whatever. They wind up being the greatest. They're like, man, I tell you what, that stuff's true. <clears throat> anyway, you did your best to kill me, oh my enemy, but the Lord helped me. He's my strength and song in the heat of battle and now has given me the victory. Songs of joy. We read that. Okay. I shall not die, but live and tell of all his deeds. The Lord has punished me, but he's not handing me over to death. See, look at this. I mean, we've all blown it, made mistakes or whatever. But, and a lot of times we think, well, these things are going bad, so I guess i got to take my licks. Nuh-uh. Notice what he said. But you have not handed me over to death. Verse 19, open the gates. This is where that pearl was talking about. The gates of the temple. I will go in and give my thanks. Those gates are the way into the presence of the Lord. And the godly enter there. Oh, Lord, thank you so much for answering my prayer and saving me. Oh, he's talking about going to heaven. No, he's not. Those nations are fixing to eat him alive. 
probably his health was fixing to go down because he mentioned, I'm not going to die, I'm going to live. Look at that verse. Where have we heard that? The stone rejected by the builders. Is that where that verse comes from? (laughs) The stone which the builders rejected. Guess what that stone was? Your strength when your body feels weak. Your answer when it looks like you're not going to get in that competition. You don't have the money to do something. If you want to reject that stone and say this is foolish, I mean, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know who God really is. I just, I just don't. I, I've heard some. Use a little faith and act like that book's true. It is true. Even when you don't think God's ever going to show up, He will. Don't let go. Tell God, hey, like God, like, like David did in the Psalms. He'd say, "Where are you? Don't you know I'm hurting? I'm bleeding. <laughs> Help me!" And boy, I tell you, watch what the Lord does. The stone rejected by the builders has now become the capstone of the arch. In other words, it was the most beautiful piece I needed. I thought we didn't need it, but oh, we do need it. It's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in His eyes. Look at this next verse. Ask ask yourself if you've ever heard this. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I sung that song in vacation Bible school. Now I got it. When we sing, this is the day the Lord hath made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's because God fixed all your little problems. Your little bicycle was broke and he fixed it. I remember when I'd ride my bicycle as a little kid and all of a sudden those handlebars would get turned and I'm sure I'm probably like, "Ah," my dad walks up. There you go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, please help us. Save us. Give us success. You know, the King James Version says, send prosperity now. I'll show that to you in verse 25. So we make sure we get everything we're supposed to get right here. wonder what he's saying, verse 25. The stone which the builder refused is the head of the corner. This the Lord's doing. This is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee. It means I'm asking you, Lord. Send what now? Prosperity. I'm hurting a little bit financially. Yeah, but God don't want to bless you financially. Yes, he will. Phil was just telling us about it just a few moments ago. Why would Phil tell Bob and I before everybody else got in here? Why would he mention something about it? He knows God does this. And he can't help but tell you God will help you financially. But you can act like Jesus has nothing to do but just to take you to heaven. And frankly, if you live that way, you'll think, I don't understand what we all need Jesus for. You know? Shoo! It's more than you ever think about. Jesus has got it all. Okay, finish this out here. So... He says, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the temple. Jehovah is our light. I present him my sacrifice on the altar. You're my God. I'll give you this thanks and praise. Oh, thank the Lord for his good. And his loving kindness is forever. Excuse me. One second. Yeah, but what if? I want to show you your what ifs here. We all have got it made. Even the dogs upstairs running around. Okay. Watch this. I'll show you something right here. Luke chapter 7. Sometimes we have this secret idea that, you know, that, my goodness, you know, I mean, God's not going to help me because um, I'm sort of the scum of the earth. Or, I mean, why would God want to, uh, to help me? Watch this. Verse 36. This is Luke chapter 7, verse 36. 
There's two little stories. They're only about five verses long. We'll read both of them. Watch this. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home. Now remember, a Pharisee was supposed to be, I mean, he is the Mr. Bible. He is the Christian. He is the man of God. But he don't miss a lick. Well, watch what happens. He asked Jesus to come to his home for lunch. Jesus accepted the invitation. As they sat down to eat, a woman of the streets, a prostitute, heard he was in there and brought in an exquisite flask filled with expensive perfume. Okay, this jar full of, of whatever, perfume. Going in, she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping with her tears falling down upon his feet, and she wiped them off uh, with her hair and kissed them and poured the perfume on them. Now, what was going on? Well, I think you can figure this out. She knows her life is a piece of crap. She knows, she thinks her world's over with, but she senses Jesus and senses, you know what? His loving kindness. Well, surely somewhere in here we can find ourselves. Somewhere we can realize, well, I may not have been like her or whatever, but you might as well just say I am. It doesn't, let's just see if she gets anything. When, the, when Jesus' host, a Pharisee, saw what was happening, who the woman was, he said to himself, he's talking to him, he's thinking this in his head. This proves that Jesus is no prophet, for if God had really sent him, he would know what kind of woman this is. Yeah, and sometimes we have these thoughts, God knows about me. Why is he going to be kind to me? Oh, please. You think David was perfect? David wasn't perfect. He's just like you. Anyway, then Jesus spoke up and answered. Aren't you so glad how fast Jesus knew what was going on? He spoke up and answered his thoughts. Simon, that's the guy's name, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Simon says, okay, teacher, go ahead. What do you want to say? Look what he says. Jesus said, hey, a guy loaned some money to two people, 5,000 to one, 500 to the other. But neither of them could pay back, so he kindly forgave them both, letting them both keep the money. <laughs> I'll tell you, that, that again is another great picture of Jesus financially bailing you out. You should expect this. Anyway, he forgave them both. Which do you suppose loved him the most? Well, I suppose the one that owed him the most, Simon said. Correct, Jesus said. Now watch what he does here. <coughs> he turned to the woman. Now he's looking at the woman. He's not saying, you know, you scumbucket, you woman, you prostitute. You, ah, go away. He's letting her cry on his feet and everything. See this woman here kneeling here? When I entered into her, your home, you didn't bother to offer me to wash off the dust from my feet, but she's washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You refused the customary kiss of greeting, but she has kissed my feet again and again from the time I first came in. You neglected the usual courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she's covered my feet with rare puff perfume. Verse 47. This is the last part of it. Therefore her sins, and they are many. Oh, brother, yeah. Go get them, Jesus. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh are forgiven. How can that be? There's a limit. There's not a limit. <laughs> not a limit. For she loved much, but one who's forgiven little shows little love. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. The end. No, that was the end. Look at the rest of this. Then the men of the table said to themselves, who does this guy think he is going around forgiving sins? Jesus is not even paying attention to him. He's, he's looking on this woman. Look at this. He said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Something was going on. And she thought she could have no help other than the fact that she came in that house saying, I'm going to get it. 
This is not a heavenly answer right here. Something else was going on. Maybe like the Syrophoenician woman that had a demon-possessed daughter. And she was crying and Jesus said, Well, it's not right to give the, the children's bread to the dogs. But she said, Lord, even the dogs hit the crumbs. And Jesus said, Go your way. Your daughter's okay now. Because of your faith. Your faith has saved you. Go. How do you tell a prostitute to go in peace? Notice he didn't tell her, you know, don't you dare do that again. What are the chances of her falling back and doing that stuff again? Oh, probably real likely. She and the Lord will work that out. But what the Lord did work out was your sins are forgiven. And also, whatever's problem, whatever it is, rescued you. I don't have time to go to the other one. The other one was just the the Pharisee and the tax collector that was the, he was just he was he wouldn't even look up. He just said, God have mercy on me. And this righteous dude over here, the greatest, supposedly Christian or whatever, you know, he goes, I thank you, I'm not like that scumbucket, you know. And Jesus said, The scumbuckets who got help. You know. Praise God. We all have mercy. No wonder he said, Let let Israel say his mercy endures forever. Let Aaron's kids say his mercy endures forever. Let Israel say, and let the Gentiles, let us his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you by your stripes we're healed. If we're not feeling good, you will fix that. If we got something terrible on us, maybe cancer or something trying to get a hold of us, you'll get us out of it. You said you would. Lord, same thing financially. No matter if it's small or great or whatever, send prosperity now. Get us out of our financial trouble. Help us pay every bill, whatever it is, and have abundance left over. Lord, it may not be financial. It may not be healing. It may just be some other problem. It doesn't matter to you, does it? You'll get us out. Thank you for it. Lord, I didn't leave anything left but for us to let other people hear how happy we are about what you're doing in our life. You're real, Lord, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Yeah, 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 that's right. Mm-hmm.